Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 307 RPG podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Nolan. I'm Zach. And a happy Mother's Day to everybody who might be listening that is a mother of some sort. Uh, we we want to take a moment to say happy Mother's Day to our own mothers because, well, without them, we wouldn't be here. That sounded so fucking weird. What's wrong with me? There you go. Yeah. And no worries. <laughs> well, happy my mom Mother's knows Day, I'm everyone. weird. So our topic of this week was supposed to be the game Deeds Not Words. And in my ultimate wisdom or whatever, whatever you want to call it, I went out and found a copy of the game Deeds Not Words. And I was like, oh, this is great. And I sent it to Zach and Nolan and come to find out. It is not the game we were looking for because specifically um, I've I've kind of mentioned on the show that I am doing a lot of reading this year. And one of the books that I read at the beginning of the year is called The Lies of Locke Lamora, which is a fantastic, highly recommended book. It is written by a gentleman by the name of Scott Lynch. And as I was reading the end of that book and looking at some of the influences, he specifically called out the game Deeds Not Words. And I thought, oh, what well, that's really cool. I want to see what this game is and maybe we could talk about it on our show. So I found it. And like I said, I sent it to everybody and we were very confused because it's a game about women's suffrage during the suffragette period in early England. It is really cool. It is real. Oh no, it's a neat game. And so Zach and I both read through it and uh, Nolan sent us a message yesterday and he's like, guys <laughs> is really. And. <laughs> come to find out Nolan did a tiny little bit more reading than I did and discovered that there is another game called deeds, not words that is actually written by Scott Lynch, uh, the writer of the lies of Locke Lamora. And it is a superhero game using the D 20 system. And I missed it. Totally. Yeah, two missed games, it. So there are two games. Uh, this book is 376 pages, whereas the other one is only 14 pages. Uh, and it is all about superheroes and their powers and things that you can do. And I guess this is actually like version 1.1 that you can find on drive through RPG. And I have to imagine since he wrote the game, this is the game that Scott Lynch was talking about when he mentioned it in his book, The Lies of Locke Lamora. We didn't read that book. We didn't read that book. I, I do think it would be very, very interesting if he wrote a book called Deeds Not Words and then played a women's suffragette game. And that was what got him back. Right. Uh, so real quick, uh, the because it is only 14 pages long. Uh, the game, like we said, Deeds Not Words does take place in early uh, England, in London specifically. And it is all about women's suffrage and women doing everything they can to earn the rights that they so very much deserve. And you get to play that period, that time period of, of England and go through and really create a narrative story without a game master uh, using just I think it's just D6s and and create a story of of women's suffrage and, and, and be able to experience, if you will, some of the hardships or even some of the successes that women had during this time period. Um, and I know we're not going to spend a lot of time on it because it's only 14 pages and it's a really simple way to play a game. Um, it's very much, you know, you play different chapters. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was like the first two chapters are narrative, then the next chapter is an adventure, then narrative, then adventure. And it kind of goes like that uh, up to 12 chapters. It looks like it can be played in a single night. Wouldn't you both agree? Yeah, it's designed for about a three hour game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I there's a real clear like beginning middle and end you're not supposed to like play an open-ended thing 
Um, and so, yeah, and the idea is, is that you roll situations. There's like each chapter has a different number of situations that can occur. You roll the dice to determine what kind of those, what type of situations are. And then you as the players create the narrative that you want to tell. Some of the examples they use is like in the action chapter, three women are going to attempt to burn down uh, a building. And so they roll the dice, they get like subterfuge and I, I forget what all it was. Nolan, do you remember? Uh, so you have three stat abilities, athletics, subterfuge, and communication. So they use athletics to burn down the building. Subterfuge was... Subterfuge oh, you're right. Burning. Sorry. Athletics was to sneak up to the building. Subterfuge to burn down the building. And communication to distract the police to prevent them from stopping the building from burning down. And so with their system, basically, as you come to build an encounter, uh, depending on how many with your players, you roll the dice and like on a one or a two, it's going to be an athletics check. Um, you don't know what that is because we're going to create that afterwards. And then you roll again and say, maybe you get one and two again. So we got to create an encounter with two athletics checks. And the last one is communication. Um, so we roll the dice, we get a five and a six. And so this scene is going to have two athletics checks and one communication and as players you guys said okay what are we going to do to hit this criteria for this situation so it could be something along the lines okay well maybe we'll start with communication where we're having an attendance or a rally or we're you know speaking out uh, trying to get the crowd and it's going to uh, escalate into basically maybe two sides yelling at each other and then it'll eventually escalate into police showing up and then this okay so this is let's see what happens and so there's a the borderline outlook framework of the encounter is created by dice rolls and the players at the time said "Ooh, let's create this kind of scene i thought that was kind of cool i don't you know i think you could apply that to a lot of different things for a random encounter builder um and, and have that kind of be the thing of, okay, these are the things that my players are good at at the table. So maybe I've got a bard, maybe I've got a barbarian, and I don't know how to get communication uh, and, and that into every single fight. Maybe you roll a dice and sometimes it's double fight, sometimes it's double talking, but you sit there and can kind of build around your table. And, and the the game is GM-less. Like, mm -hmm. it, is, it really is a... Um, I think Nolan had called it. It's like whose line is it, anyways? It's a collaborative storytelling. Yeah, improv. The improv dice gives you the thing. border, and then go play inside that border. You know, yeah. I know um, in the theater world, we like some of the ways that you can warm up before before going on stage is you know, especially if uh, not musically, but is doing these these type of improv things that just kind of get you set into the idea of portraying a different character. This is an interesting game, and I wonder if like if this is a, something that you could take, especially backstage in the theater setting, and apply this and, and get your people thinking. Uh, I think this is really neat. The game is written by Esteban Manchado Velasquez. It is a free game on Drive-Thru RPG. Now, the description on Drive-Thru RPG specifically says that it's a three-player GM-less game um, about a small group of activists against a powerful adversary. That right there tells you it doesn't just have to be about women's suffrage. It can be applied to anything. They even go on to talk about like uh, a group of hackers in a cyberpunk dystopia, a physical confrontation. Um, it can be a group of activists that use any combination of communication, sabotage, and physical confrontation. So you can take this and apply it in all sorts of different things. And it's Real, I thought really easy to play. What did you guys think? Yeah, it seemed like it. Yeah, and it's I think really the system cool. for it you could add to just about anything. It wouldn't have to be, just be women's suffrage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's a 
there's a lot here. Yeah, uh, you can go. You can also get it from the website hardcorenarrativist.org, which is um, Velasquez's uh, website. Yeah, there you go. So deeds, not words. It is interesting. I, I mean, check it out. Maybe it's something that would be fun for you to add to your game night or, you know, uh, I don't know, just in, something interesting to play. It was a happy accident. Yeah, absolutely. It was not the game we were looking for. Uh, <laughs> we were looking for Scott Lynch's game. Just didn't know it was written by Scott Lynch. Uh, so yeah. there you go. Maybe one day we'll go back and take a look at his game. Uh, now, that is not going to be our show for this week because we do have some things that we would thought we'd chat about. It is going to be a shorter show than normal, but we do have some things on the horizon. And I know each of us have backed different Kickstarter projects, and some of you are getting some notifications of stuff being shipped. I know like all of my Onyx Path stuff has finally come in, uh, which I feel like I need another bookshelf for. But Nolan, you have some stuff coming in too, right? You just recently got, was it the complete PDF was it, or or what? What did you get? Yeah, PDF for the next Scarlands mega campaign. Um, uh, Dead Man's Rest? Nope, that was the last one. Uh, what was it? I lost my email. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, oh, you're right, Dead Man's Rest. Oh, okay. Whew. It's like, did I forget? <laughs> what was the last one called? Something with Mahiel. Anyway. Yeah, Mahia was the main villain. I don't remember what it was called. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Dead Man's Rest PDF there. I don't have a print time yet, um, but it is a, a complete campaign taking characters from level 1 to 10. Um, does have some areas that people have not been to, I believe, in printed books. Uh, gets a little more into some woodland realms, and I think some of that stuff will be interesting just because I think one of the first characters you kind of meet that kind of helps you get started on the journal journey is a wood dwarf. So cool. Wood dwarf. Yeah. Tree hugging. Maybe they live inside the trees. I don't know. I'm excited to see it. I don't read too much just because wanted to be surprised. And then Zach, you got notification of book shipping near the end of this month. Yeah. I know some people are already getting their, uh, um, ruins of Simbroom books, but I'm one of the unlucky people that <laughs> live in the middle of the United States, so uh, mine's going to be coming pretty late. Um, but and I know yeah, we've and I got all the goodies, so I've already been um, doing uh, some of the ruin creation nice. tables that they actually have in the DM's guide are really, really cool ways to just roll a random dungeon and with a lot of new rules on how to, like, excavate them uh, without getting into, like, okay, got to draw a map and do all this. So if we end up playing a Simbroom campaign, um, I'll have quite a lot ready for you. But Very cool. I'm looking pretty excited. Cyborg is coming down the pipe, which is the new thing from the creators of Morkborg. Yep. Um, we're all real big fans of that. I'm excited to see what else they're going to do with it. Absolutely. I, I, we need to sit down and play Merkborg one night just to give it a try and see what it's like. We really do, but I have, oof, I don't have as much coming as I used to. Like I said, all of my Onyx Path stuff has finally come in. Of course, the One Ring came in. Uh, I did a do, I did do a cult Kickstarter and that book came in recently. Looks like I still have Gods of Metal Ragnarok coming. Uh, the Lights of Winthrop Manor, which is uh, we actually had that creator on our show. 
Uh, Den, Den of Assassins, again, had that creator on our show. Of course, Avatar Legends, uh, as soon as that comes in, it'll be a big old box. I drive down to Nolan's house and drop it off. Um, I did back the Mind's Eye Theater Vampire the Masquerade book. It's a live action book for Vampire the Masquerade. I really wanted to see that. Okay. And then um, the new Vesson book, uh, which is Mythic Britain and Ireland. Uh, I also did nice. the, the uh, Brandon Sanderson Kickstarter. Did you really? I did, yeah. I I actually did pitch that to the library, but they were like, we can't do that. Oh, yeah. I just did the digital, the ebooks. So it's quarterly ebooks. Um, looks like it won't start to deliver till January 2023, but I did. Yeah. So I think it's going to be four brand new books. Yep. Pretty exciting. They will be available yeah. for purchase. Um, uh, from like the from booksellers, but right. Um, but get there's first. right. And there's all sorts of like special editions and things like that, that you can get had you done a Kickstarter, like leather bound books and stuff. I mean, I think the highest one was like five or $600. And I'm like, I'm just not. Yeah. Doing that. I like Brandon Sanderson, but I don't like him that much. Yeah. I don't know that there's a writer out there that I would like that much to buy, you know, these beautiful, super expensive leather bound books. Nolan's looking over his bookshelf. He's like, would I? I, I'm not sure if you can still do this, but you you used to be able to just go to Sanderson's website and he would individually sign and personalize a book and send it to you. Oh, I got the entire Mistborn series signed and personalized for like 70 bucks. Oh, that's that's not bad at all. No, it was pretty nice, but I was 22. So like that was 10 years ago and that was before he had wrote the wheel of time. So I imagine it's probably a lot more expensive. So was that the first three? So that wasn't like shadow of self in the next ones, right? No, it was like, it was his first three published books. And Mistborn is fantastic. Mistborn's great. Yes. I really enjoyed that one. Nolan, you've read those books, haven't you? Oh, really? Yeah. You would absolutely enjoy those. Brandon Sanderson is a fantastic writer. I didn't necessarily like the Elantris series a whole lot, uh, but I adored the Mistborn series. Um, yeah, so obviously we all have stuff that's coming down, you know, coming down the line. Nolan, what about in the world of video games? Is there anything that you are excited about or are playing currently? You or Zach, for that matter. Not really on my end. Um I kind of haven't really had much of a chance to look at a lot of that stuff. I know uh, D&D-wise, they got all the Spelljammer stuff, getting ready to get started, the multiverse things. Uh, one of the things I was excited for was the uh, that Ravenloft Miss Hunters Adventure League. It wrapped up last month with its final thing, so all of its stuff is out, um, which I thought was kind of cool to see those complete. I've always enjoyed those Adventure League campaigns. Yes. But yeah, video game wise, nothing too exciting. Just playing some old games and uh, enjoying uh, Tiny Tina's still. <laughs> I I did see that uh, Lord of the Rings Online has the most players they've ever had, and it's a 10 year old game. So they had, they had their 15 year anniversary. Oh. And in doing that, they completely restructured their free to play. 
Uh, they added so much more for people to actually do that wasn't behind a paywall. And part of that too is if you logged in during that time, a lot of the stuff like the old collector's editions, they came with all the perks and benefits they gave to you for free for logging in. So part of that was like mm. a level 50 boost and then like a level 120 boost where the level cap now I think is like 140. So that way you weren't significantly behind. If you wanted to get started and hop in and play, you had those kind of opportunities. But they gave away a ton of stuff that was not free for a long time. Um, but it did, it did do a good boost. I mean, it was a good time point for it just because of some of the hype around the show coming and, and their anniversary. But it was a, it was a nice surprise to see all the stuff that I had already bought given out to people. The nice thing is they gave it to me again. So I'd, I'd already gotten a bunch of collector's edition stuff. Cause I'm that type of person that likes that kind of thing. But they're yeah. just like, well, yeah, we already know you got it. So here's another one. So I got to play some characters I haven't played before. And that's cool. Do you I like think that kind the, of stuff. Um, the problems that WoW has been having with like player retention, like trickled down to a bunch of other RP, like MMOs, like they're just getting the like kind of the runoff from WoW's player dropping? Or do you think it was just a bunch of people coming together to play an old game? I think it's some of that. It was a good excuse for people to come back and check it out, right? If you'd played it, well, I played it in 2009, so might as well check it out. Nostalgia kicks in. It is a lull between expansions, um, and it is kind of that awkward time for people to capture some market share. Uh, World of Warcraft is radically changing some of their stuff, basically throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticking sticks as far as uh, getting items and... I don't know. They're doing a lot of stuff to respect players' time because they are significantly losing market share. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. They are not... I don't know if they're... They might still be the most popular game, but um, it's it's closing very quickly, the gap, if there is one. I know Final Fantasy Online has become so popular. Guild Wars 2 has popped up. Um, Elder Scrolls Online has a huge following. So... Yeah. I do. I do wonder what's going to happen come uh the merger date because you know i don't know what blizzard and activision's um yearly profits are but it's not a hundred billion dollars or they wouldn't have sold well and whatever else it whatever else it was so microsoft now has you know a ton of money that they have to make back and I think that um, for, I don't think it was that bad from that standpoint, but I think that Activision had worked themselves into such a uh, PR nightmare that selling to an offer was about the only opportunity to come back around because they weren't doing things right. They had had this uh, egotistical thing of like, we'll play it our way or don't play mentality versus being respectful for players' time and listening to the community. So you get that feeling that like, you know, this was kind of, they were going to kill their own, they were going to cannibalize their own game with their arrogance. Um, and so I think the selling was a strategic play on their part that, well, we might as well get money while we can. This is an opportunity to walk away and not have to deal with this. And then at any given time, if you have the most popular game on the planet with millions of players um, paying $15 a month to play your game, I don't think it takes too long to get that stuff going. Especially when you got a new expansion coming out and, you know, 60 bucks a game and $15 a month. Um, 
they just got to get back to they've, they've got the ground floor the nostalgia thing a lot of people that's their first mmo so if they can start taking care of their player base they'll they'll bounce back quickly people will go back okay and you've got overwatch you've got diablo you've got i don't know if call of duty's coming with it i you know what i mean like they've got a huge 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 conglomerate of i know the I know on the Call of Duty one, um, the real issue that Microsoft is going to have is that Activision signed a bunch of contracts with Sony for a really long time. Yeah. And the price of breaking those contracts would be more than it than Call of Duty would be worth. So Sony will have to can like Sony will continue to get Call of Duty on the PlayStation for a little while longer. Maybe even exclusive stuff, but eventually that's probably going to go away. But well, it may not. If, if what would they? It also may not. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, okay, well, cool. We get those players on Sony buying our game. You wouldn't want to cut out half your player base for exclusivity. So that's true. But well, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I I don't know. I'm not an MMO player, so it always seems like an interesting little world for me. I like, I don't know, there's something about playing a game and seeing other people run around in the world as well. Sharing space is always fun. You may not interact with them consistently and do your own thing, but I don't know. Seeing random people run by in your game is always kind of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, especially when they're on, they're on a mount that you've never seen before. You're like, well, what the hell was that? Yeah, it's all a single-player game with a group fashion wars. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Not that I, I I absolutely do not plan on getting into. I have found that even when I sit down to play like Shadows of War, which is the only video game I'm playing right now, I get about 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm done. Yeah. And I got to move on and go do something else. It's not that I don't enjoy it. I just I I don't know. I just can't sit here and just play. But it's 20 minutes I enjoy. 20 minutes you enjoy. That's all it takes. Find little games that you can consume in small doses. Yeah, there's not a yeah, there's not a quota. So I sit down at eight o'clock and I play till three o'clock in the morning. So I know I don't know how you do that. I remember the old. I think the longest I've ever played, like not not including the weekends, because it used to be when I played WoW, I'd play the longest on the weekends. I I specifically got up early before the rest of my family just so I could play, and it helped that the people that I played with, the, the ones that I enjoyed playing with the most, were also on at that time or had standing orders to text them if they weren't on so they could get on. Um, and we did, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, I just remember um, there was one night I was doing, this is during uh, Wrath of the Lich King, and I was with my brother. He was playing and the the hilt drop. Do you remember that, Nolan? Mm -hmm. And my brother sold it to me for like 5,000 gold, which was a steal at the time because <laughs> it was like 10 grand. And I played through the entire quest line that night and I had to work the next morning. I'm like, I don't care. I'm getting this thing done. It was the broken hilt. Uh, that's what it was. And I did. And I and I ended up getting the, the sword with it. Yeah, so. that was... I don't know. I, I find those kind of things. So I would like to see some more games that if you just had the opportunity to other people, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how other games do it, but I think if you had that opportunity for a little bit of multiplayer, I wouldn't necessarily need an MMO, but if I could play Skyrim with like three people. Sure. You know, I, those kind of things would just be fantastic. So. 
So speaking of multiplayer, um, kind of dial it back a little bit and flip back to RPGs. I, I'm sitting here looking at uh, Call of Cthulhu stuff because every once in a while I do that. And Call of Cthulhu has the ability to do solo play, like literally play by yourself. What are your guys' thoughts of doing RPGs by yourself? Um, I guess from that standpoint, when I always, uh, whenever I build an encounter, I usually run through it by myself. But it's not the same thing. So I, I don't think it would be that much of a leap. Um, but I also think that the best part of a lot of video games and, and games and tabletops and stuff like that is, you know, we've played digital and it didn't compare to sitting around a table with your friends. Right. Yeah, it's kind, of it's kind of my thought, too. It's like, would it work by yourself or would you just be like, eh, OK, well, that was interesting. Is it just a good way to familiarize yourself with the rules? Zach looks like he's like stuck in the Matrix right now. I don't. I've never done it. Here's the thing, though. I've, yeah. I've played through Baldur's Gate. You know, I've yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking Gate like Baldur's Gate and, I'm talking like a pen and paper RPG. I, I know I've played through Knights of the Old Republic. What's the real difference? I would say, and, and here's where it is for me, is um, in those games, some of my favorite parts of like Dragon Age, it's a single mm -hmm. player story, but I love Varric. I enjoyed yeah. Isabella. I like Sven. You know what I mean? Like the, the characters I, they put with your party make the game, the relationships and the stuff that help tell that story. Um, again, it's the people you're sitting down with sometimes. It's the people you're sitting down with. And I do get yeah. that. Um, I'm trying to. I don't see why it wouldn't work, but I think that's probably an entirely different experience. Yeah, I think so. Too. Like, I it almost feels like you're trying to do a completely different thing with a tabletop RPG. I don't know. I've never I've never done it before. Yeah, I haven't you either. Know, Zola did get me these like things for christmas uh two years ago and they're like little tiny packaged mysteries oh neat where you like pop them open and it has the whole thing for you to solve so i don't see why like i that's basically what i did i don't see why it couldn't work but i think it'd be yeah a completely different animal that must be really hard to write for and create yeah yeah I, so, I think about that smaller stuff too. I know like when we talk about playing like the one ring and ruins of Simbrum and stuff like that, those are some of those games where it's like, I would like to play that type of game every week. And I don't, you know, Hey, if you can make it great, some weeks you might have a group of five and some weeks you might have a group of two or some weeks it might just be you and the DM. I like the idea of some of those things being able to scale back. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, I think that's kind of, I like sitting around with people and I don't know if I trust myself to trust my own roles. Like, <laughs> could you kill yourself, you know, because you're old to crit one. You're like, Oh my gosh, that never happened. Nobody saw it. All right. Yeah. yeah that's... Around. Oh, no, we're good. Look, it's a six. Really? That's my biggest problem with playing computer RPGs is that I don't want to have to play through seven times. I want to experience all of the content in one go. So it's gotcha. really hard not to look up what to do to experience all the content. Like I have gotcha, I gotcha. played through Dragon Age 1 and 2 with a guide, so I would know where to go. 
So I wouldn't have to just be like, oh, yeah, oh, I made the wrong decision and now I can't see this. It's why I just straight up cannot play um, Disco Elysium without having an aneurysm. And that's on me. That's not on the game. That's on me. I don't think I could play a single player RPG without looking, just reading it sequentially. So I know the answers. So there was a game many years ago. Uh, we're talking like. 94 95 i don't remember the name of the game i really don't and i've probably told you guys the story i played through this game it was a very difficult game and i remember i get to a point where there's like um you're on a landing and the stairs have collapsed but you have to get up to the next level and there's a dog there and the dog is clearly going to attack you if you get up there somehow and i could not for the life of me figure out how to get up there so i ended up stopped playing the game because i couldn't figure it out Everything, everything I did, I died. Well, I happen to be at Walden Books. Tells you how long ago this was, because I don't think there's a Walden Books anywhere anymore. And I found a guide for this book, for this game, and I bought it. And it was like, because you're in a hotel, right? And it's like, we'll go back downstairs to the kitchen, get a steak. This is a hotel that is in disrepair and has fallen apart. But amazingly, there is a steak in the kitchen. Get this steak. Go back up to that landing, attach it to a rope, throw the rope to this little piece of pipe that's sticking out. It'll swing out. The dog will grab it. The dog will fall and die. And then you can swing across. Yeah. Adventure I was games like, fuck are, you. Yeah. Adventure games are notorious for being just full of horse crap. Yeah. And I mean, and then I did it. And I and I think that was like close to the end of the game. I don't remember. I may have been like, OK, I did this now. Fuck off. I'm never playing this game again. Yeah. I don't remember, though. I always play through the game one time as I want. I don't care. It's organic. I don't look at anything. And then I do the same thing. I grab the guide. I take a look at a different build. Um, I almost always pick like a rogue or something. Then I hop in and be like, oh, well, you know, mage is broken. Try this. I'm like, all right, well, let's just destroy it, crank it up to hell mode and not miss anything. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it This is entirely on me, but yeah, I, I just have a problem doing that. I would rather play through once having seen everything and then kind of play around. But yeah, I always, I always do I that. Ha- Go blind and then I min-max second pass. I have not gotten past the part in Disco Elysium where you have to get the corpse out of the tree and it's the first thing you do. Oh, jeez. Because every time I'm like, oh, I missed the shot. What do I have to do to like succeed on the shot? And it's like, oh, you have to do this, 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 this. And I I ruined the experience for me, for myself, within 10 minutes. Like, I I could not do Call of Cthulhu single player. Because I would just read the story and be like, oh, that's what happens. And then close the book. Well, see, that's that's what I do when Shri was. Shri's like, hey, let's watch this TV show. You know, it's been out for a while. There's plenty of episodes you can watch through it. And she's a binge watcher, right? I'll sit down and if I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I feel like they're doing something with this character. I will grab my phone, (laughs) read up on the character and be like, oh, oh, they're going to die in this episode. Okay, cool. Yeah. And and it does. It kind of ruins it for you, right? Because right. the whole element of surprise is gone. They're like, are they going to kill him? Are they not? Oh, yeah, they're definitely going to kill him. Um, so I yeah, I have to. I don't know. Sometimes I have to just stop. <laughs> yeah, I guess that'll be my conclusion. I think single player RPGs are probably going to be really cool, but almost certainly not for me. I'd be more into it if it was the the GM and a player, right? And not just you are the GM and player. 
which is I like mean, some of these Call of Cthulhu adventures are. You're just the person. Just yeah, you. you're just the person. I mean, so that's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, well guys, I really don't have much else to talk about. Um, we can obviously talk off the show about what we want to do next. So unless either of you have something you want to mention. I don't. Thanks for listening to this ramble. Yeah, because yeah. that's all it is this time is this rambling. I do recommend you check out the Deeds Not Words free PDF download. Uh, like like we did say, it is uh, all about women's suffrage, but it can be applied to any activist group. And if it's something you just want to spend your evening with with three friends and you don't have a game lined up, this could be something that could be fun for you to do quickly. Yeah, they did. And they did talk about that and they're turning into a cyberpunk. Pick a different era. Anywhere there's suffrage, you could find this situation where you got to rebel and fight and the yep. system will work. Absolutely. Well, that's going to be it for this week. Thanks for everybody. We appreciate you listening. Bye. Bye.